The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. I'm not giving away any names by mooting this or raising this subject because I'm sure other people are in the same situation. But um, I have a friend who's got a wedding and they, I'm going to say they so I don't even identify the, um, the gender of this person, are concerned that the client has gone well over on the numbers that they're supposed to have. Would you do it? It's really, really, really tough, isn't it? Because this should actually be a, one of our not not phoning up one of our writing questions, but it it's not. It's something that I'm I'm mooting to you now because of I, I don't know how to answer this friend this question because part of me is screaming saying no 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 no, but part of me knows that this person would rather like to be working. Do you know what I would probably do to to help me make a decision? I'd ring my insurance company, I'd ring a dookie, and I'd say, look, I've got a wedding. And I I know that they're going to be effectively breaking the law. Yeah. Where where do I stand mm. insurance wise? Well, you know what they're going to say, surely. That's what I'd go back with the clients for. That I think that's how I would I would mm. kind of bat it back around. Yeah. It is really tough because obviously we want to earn money, and just because there's more people there doesn't mean you're def- you know you know you're going to get it. It's not that's just not what happens. But I know I would feel quite uncomfortable. It's a little bit like going really? to an illegal rave, isn't it? Yeah. You want to go, but you do want to tell your mum about it. <laughs> What's a rave? The Fuji cast. A rave? The other day I was telling my kids, actually, that uh, we were listening to something. It was, I think it was an old school song on Radio 1. And the kids said, what's this? And Sam said, this is acid, acid. <laughs> and they said, what's acid? We're trying to explain to them the acid house movement. Um, and they still looked at me like I was 105. <laughs> I don't think anything Dad's Dad's done uh, will ever be cool in their mind. Anyway, hello, welcome to the FujiCast. You and your questions from the electronic mailbag, and of course, now through the FujiCast private Facebook group that you're very welcome to become a part of. If you'd like to send a mail, old school acid style, then you can still do so through click at FujiCast. .co.uk um, Welcome aboard those who don't shoot Fuji You're very welcome here and as you listen on you'll find out that we talk about all kinds of stuff that doesn't necessarily have a branded badge on it and of course if well in doing so you've just become part of our very friendly club also we'll have club indulgence um, where we get to read out the lovely comments that you've made and uh, keep sending those reviews in by the way we're not allowed to ask you to send in nice ones clearly you have to send in ones that you you feel are appropriate but we we like to read them out and thank you during club indulgence kev's book of the week this week last week's uh, peter dench one was great loved it with the um Brit- brits abroad wasn't it mm. real it was a <laughs> real brits abroad what's this week's this week is a Hoxton Mini Press book. I've lived in East London for oh, 86 and a half years. Is this the one that you got when you did that special deal over the... It's one of them, yeah. yeah but this is... Isn't this the one that started it? Yes. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah, beautiful book. So um, this, this chap... Sorry, how, how many years was it? 86 and a half 86 years. 86 and a half years. Oh, it's a fantastic book. So we've got I'll that. tell you more about it when we yes. get to that part. Yes. Oh, and special guest this week is a previously featured book author, actually, Kev, um, from a few weeks ago when we talked about the isolated streets. It's street photographer Kant Rathard. Right, questions, as always. You launch first. Kev's, <sighs> Kev's turn. Kev's turn. Party time. Right. Random question. Uh, from random? Brian Selby. Right. What's random about this? Well, I just picked pages up and oh right i thought you meant it was going to be a random style question hi guys uh well we're almost back to work as wedding shooters mm-hmm. mm. really? 
Most of mine cancelled for the year, but I have still have one or two in there that are just what I would call hanging on for dear yeah, life. Yes, that's what it feels like. I've got a couple in September, and they just won't move. Everything else, including mm. November dates, have yeah. now uh, moved, cancelled, postponed. Yeah. What are you saying to these clients when they ask you for advice? And as a request, would love to hear some listener experiences on how they have handled these kinds of situations too and how they're feeling. Brian Selby, well... We have a lot of experience in this. Well, I know we talk a lot about. I'm acutely aware that, and sometimes people say you've talked about weddings too much this week. But we are we are wedding shooters in the social photography market. But uh, a lot of the stuff you hear applies across lots of different genres. I know, yeah. but but in particular weddings, what what can you say? Now, I, I, I we've talked from well, my my policy has been when it comes to moving dates that I I haven't charged a surcharge. Um. You're shaking your head like that. What? No, <laughs> what I, can't under, I can't understand why you would, why people would do Oh, that. I see. Well, no, remember, a lot of people said, of course you should, because you've effectively lost the booking that you could have taken on next year. You've because you've already charged your deposit. You're honouring the deposit, so therefore you're lo- you're yeah, you're essentially losing some money yes, when you. But this is a pandemic that nobody's ever experienced. Oh, I'm, well, I'm I'm totally with you in that, and I think that's the correct and ethical. Mo- you know, morally, I feel comfortable with myself as yes. well. Morals for, are good for doing so because yeah. I I think you know what comes around goes around, and I I just well I it's not just me wanting to you know get that good karma so I, I genuinely believe it's the appropriate thing to do well absolutely i think if somebody imagine somebody 18 months ago you know called you up really love your work neil you had to chat with them they booked and everything's great blah 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 then all of a sudden this this you know beastly thing comes along and and they ring you up and they go oh you know remember us ian, ian? <laughs> what I, ian. who's ian ian's my real best friend <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've just had a moment that I had many, many years ago with a girl, with a girlfriend that we probably shouldn't go into. Um, so they ring you up and they're like, "Oh, do you remember?" I can't believe you just called me Ian, darling. I, I honestly have no idea who Ian is either. Um, right. Well, I, you, you know my uh, my father-in-law's called Trev. I often call him Kev. Oh, right, there you go. And I think I've called you Trev in the past. As well. Trev, Kev, Ian, Neil. Oh, Very anyway, sorry, interrupt. Uh, um, but yeah, so you've got this lovely relationship and then they call you up and they go you know we've got this you know this horrible pandemic that's hit yeah. the entire world for six um you know we're going to move to next year and you go yeah so, uh, well of course um i shall be charging you 500 pounds for the privilege well plenty did yeah i would i would personally just go somewhere else yeah. if i was that client i have really? to say that bad business perhaps but i think mor- morally ethically and sensibly that would be what i would it's do the right thing to do and that's it? what i've done yeah you know, for some they haven't been able to. We haven't been able to get a date. I haven't given their deposits back. None of them have asked for their deposits back. Everybody else, I've just said, boom. If we, and I've, I've actually put something in my contract now that says, should a similar thing happen again? Oh, this is going to be my next question then. So, right, how many times can this bounce forward? Well, who knows? I mean, if it happens too many times, then the entire world's just going to collapse, isn't it? So. Mm. You know, we'll we'll figure this out as as a human race. We'll figure it out, and it will all kind of sort itself out in some way or the other. Things always do, and you know, we'll we'll get back on our feet. But ultimately, I think that I think you can be a little bit too blinkered by hard nosed business and actually think, you know, what this is people's weddings. It's not. Mm-hmm. This isn't. You're not buying a car. This is this is love and their life together. It's not. 
you know, it's, it's not a commodity. Have you got any for 2022? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, but only one. Be- because of this? No, they booked oh. four years ago. No. They booked their wedding six years in advance. Wow. Yeah. I bet at the time you were thinking, can you believe this? Six years away. And the, now, now who's smiling? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and um, yeah, lovely, two girls, a lovely, uh, lovely, will be a lovely couple, mm. are a lovely couple now. And uh, yeah, I've well, been they made the right honestly, decision, didn't they, to, to hold this for that long? I, I, I remember speaking to them. They came to see me in the studio and, and I was like, that's a long way away away. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, but we, well, you know, know, we this want to shows save you how, up. And well, it shows you how long ago it was that you were actually still having wedding meetings in your studio, uh, I know, which yeah. you don't do uh, I know. And, these days. Uh, and, you know, I was like, actually, you know what? It was one of those those meetings where you just clicked and connected and, uh, you know, you could just tell that no matter how long it takes, they're going to get there, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so 2022. But that's uh-huh. it, only, only that one. Uh, a couple of inquiries buzzed through but not too much yeah so yeah i i think honor these bookings and did that answer the entire question there uh well the question was uh, you know what you're saying to the clients when they ask for your advice so my advice effectively has been you know what i've put into the contract which is look it's this is not a good situation for anybody we all need to try and help each other and if you move it as long as i'm free then I will just. I've even said to people who have moved. I'll be there. You know, we haven't even. I've. You know, they've said, "Do you need to send us a new contract with a new date and everything?" I was like, "Nope." Yeah. I'll use a pen. I'll just scratch out what you wrote. You know, I've just made it as simple as possible. Yes. yes. And uh, I have and sent. I have sent new contracts with changing the dates. I haven't. But uh, I mean, yeah. th- there's no right or wrong there either. But no, I've just. No. I've just made it as simple as possible, and and you know, we just changed it. Uh, one thing I have noticed, though, is that a lot of the weddings are on Mondays next year. Yes, yes. <laughs> Do you know that was a that was an interesting thing because uh, in terms of bookings for next year, um, I, I've still got plenty of weekends available because people have gone for the for the weekday option. Well, I think sorry, could just... could, could be quite an quite an impressive year next year. Well, it could be, but I I, I think. Um, I think a couple of things are happening, isn't it? The the venues, some of the venues have been a little bit... Unscrupulous. Unscrupulous, yeah. yeah. And so they've not been offering those weekends, or they've been really charging oh, high rates for those so weekend days back. because they know. Yes. And that's, actually, maybe that's not unscrupulous, that's just good business. Um, and so a lot of the people have been, or they're just booked on those Saturdays, these venues already, you know, perhaps they are. And, and so they've, you know, it's like, well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that's, yeah. that's your only choice. So a lot of the weddings I've got, are, are the, on Mondays. The venues are funny very hard. I mm. have uh, another couple that spoke to me the other day. I clearly won't say the venue, um, but um, who said that they'd uh, claimed on their insurance and mm. received the, the venue, this is, mm. received some money, um, but they're refusing to give the money back to the clients, so they've kept double. Difficult one. It is difficult because at the end of the day, you know, the, the venues... They, they don't want them to go pop. They don't want to go bust. Nobody wants to go bust. But... You know, it's... Tricky. Tricky. Craig Bolton, on on this, um, I know we've answered this question before, but, but in that we understand that not everybody listens to every single show. What? I know it's difficult to understand, uh, or believe even, but um, 
but that's true. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Neil. With everyone going back to work now, it seems face masks are going to be a thing of the immediate and ongoing future. How are you dealing with them in, in uh, so prominently in pictures? I know it's a sign of the times. The pictures are going to look mighty strange with whole swathes of wedding guests wearing masks. Of course, again, it's not just wedding guests. This can be other genres too. But uh, keep up the good work from Craig with a K. Well, I haven't photographed any weddings, so well, nobody's had any masks. <laughs> no. When, By the time we go back, <laughs> masks will be long gone. Do you know the way I'm dealing with masks? What's that? I'm walking all the way down to the co-op and realising I haven't got one. Oh, I'm walking all the way home, no. all the way back up the hill going... Have you become have, have you become a, a mask... Um, what's the what's the phrase? Or Hater. Poli- pl- well, I was going to say mask police. Have you become the mask police? No. So when you were in a shop... So I saw this the other day, and, I'm, and I know that you listening right now would have seen this as well, I'm sure. That So I was in a, I was in a petrol station paying for the fuel, and somebody comes in and um, says, Oh, I haven't got my mask. Oh, I just need... And the, and the guy behind the till said, That's all right, just go and get what you need. I have to say, and there was I, me I, left swathing. I remember my mask. Yeah, I, I haven't sell this person one. I haven't seen that, but um, mm, I've seen this a couple of times actually, where people are just they just brazenly walk into a shop and it's like to hell with you. I'm not wearing a mask. It, I forgot it. Dog ate my homework. It, it's a little bit like the arrows, isn't it? In the in the supermarkets that everybody oh, ignores. Was, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that makes me mm. laugh. But yeah, the masks. I, I, the masks actually, as we come out of this, or hopefully come out of it, so, that's the thing I'm I'm dealing I'm I'm struggling with the most. I does it make what does it make you feel like when you're wearing? It makes one? me feel like I'm watching a movie from somebody else's mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah, it, I just hate it. I I feel like this is not real life. It's just unpleasant, uncomfortable, and but necessary, and just horrible. And you know, you go to the co-op and. Or Tesco's, other other supermarkets, other supermarkets do exist. are available. Yeah, um, although loyalty card and corpse ace, and you know you you just walk around and it's nobody speaks to each other because they're terrified and you know everybody avoids it. I, I just think, good God, this is like something yeah. out of a film. Yeah, I hate it. It's I very really apocalyptic, it. isn't it? Really? Yeah, apocalyptic. Uh, apocalyptic. But how are going to deal with um, as Craig says here with um, with uh, featuring masks in pictures when you do start photographing these events, which you will, Kev. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Will they still be necessary then? I have a feeling that by the time the weddings kick off again next year, well, I hope anyway that this this will be under control a lot more and you know we'll be in a better situation. I don't know. I mean, you don't have to wear a mask outside, so if you're doing formal photos in the garden they're not going to need to have their mask on but no. inside inside in a public place is is a wedding venue where you've only got two families classed as a public place do you have to wear a mask when you're sat down having your wedding breakfast i don't know the answer well you're to not that. in the bubble so you should be no but i mean the guest he's on about photographing the people right so will they have to by law wear a mask in these yeah. in the wedding venue yeah. i don't know i just don't it's all so up in the air isn't it when the staff because i take a lot of pictures yeah. of staff and they they clearly should be wearing a mask all the time but also i mean it, it is what it is and actually in 30 years i've time, got to get that meme those... by the way the kids by the way found the <laughs> meme the other day for it is what it is i <laughs> said kev says that a lot what's you mean there's a, a meme a meme a meme <laughs> a meme <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. you know the pictures. If in thirty years' time, and you know, you take a picture of somebody with their masks on, and and they at a they'll, wedding, they'll and, know that date straight away. Yeah, and they say, "Don't take." Oh no, I need to take my mask off. And 
then it's not real. It's it, this is what reality is now, sadly. And so, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I wouldn't have a problem taking pictures. Yeah, of I wonder when the first time. Hollywood movie will come out of the pandemic of 2020. There's already one out. Is there, there was one about Lyft. I don't think it was a Hollywood movie, but it was a full feature film. Came from, I think it was Japan. Right. And it was out while we were in May, full down lockdown. Right. It was about a elevator. and Don't some, tell me somebody coughs in it. Or the something. elevator breaks down. And they cough and they get a temperature. And it was a real kind of... But yeah, that was... Or within minutes. That was made... Seems like it was made within minutes, but it was a full hour and a half film. Wow. All about the... um, You know, based on the... In one elevator. Coronavirus, yeah. Yeah, COVID-19 coronavirus, whatever it's called. Yeah, right. Your question, then we'll um, we'll do our... Okay, so I have a uh, question... Reviews. ...from uh, Steve Ford in Mm. New Zealand. All right, okay. However, I don't think he is now. I think he's he's come back. Has he? I think so. Has he? I think so. Okay. Kia ora, chappies. <laughs> the bottom of the world. Uh, that wh- wonderful orange drink. One of my many marriages took place down here in New Zealand in the middle of the summer. What, sorry, what did he say? One of my many marriages took place down here in New Zealand in the middle of the summer. Oh, is he, uh, is he talking as a wedding photographer now or somebody uh, who's been married many times? Yeah, you see, it doesn't doesn't really i read this a few times and he doesn't really underline this mm. there was an outdoor ceremony or oh, actually right i need to read it does the whole now, thing again. Hang on. this is a bit like a teacher read the question mullins one of my many marriages took place down here in new zealand in the middle of the summer an outdoor affair that was the plan right trouble was the rain was coming in sideways all day and it was blowing a gale typical wellington weather surprise surprise the next day was a stunner we knew the photographer <laughs> So it is one of his many weddings, <laughs> one of his many marriages. We knew the photographer, so she agreed to shoot all over again. The flowers were rescued from the friend that had right. caught them. The bridesmaids and best men were convinced to get dressed up again, and off we trotted under a beautiful blue sky for the photos. Have you ever had a complete wedding weather disaster? And if so, how did it go? Oh, God, yes, I have. Uh, well, then you best answer the question. I remember one at Notley Abbey which is a beautiful venue in Tame. And um, everybody was outside getting uh, for, for this particular one. So it was, it was an outdoor wedding in the, in the back garden, beautifully set. Really, They really do it well at this particular venue. I just saw in the distance, I saw this weird sort of round cloud. It's a roll cloud, isn't it? And this thing just seemed to be gaining in sort of it was speed towards us and height and everything. And within five minutes, this thing was... Bosh, it was above us. It was like something out of a... Talking about apocalyptic things. It was a bit like that out of, out of a movie. And it just... It came over the top of the venue. And it just went... Boof. It was like somebody had just tipped a bucket of water. <laughs> and it fell on everybody. The the I mean, people were... Lit, you wouldn't think you could be so instantly drenched. <laughs> but you were. And... Uh, and I, I got, a, a, I have to say, a, a picture that I used for many years in my portfolio. A lovely picture of a bride who was, with laughter, <laughs> could not believe this had happened. I mean, it could have gone one way or, or taller, yeah. but, it, but it went the right way, I think. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. What about you? I've never had anything. I remember, actually, interestingly, I remember the first day I got the X100, the film X100, the original? Uh, the original one, 2011 or 10 or whatever it was. That wouldn't have been waterproof. <laughs> and I had a wedding that day. No, it wasn't. I had a wedding that day at Crips Bar in um, Gloucestershire. That's a nice venue. And I went up. Yeah, it is a nice venue. I went up 
And as usual, even though it's only a 20-minute drive from my house, I was about four hours early. <laughs> so I sat in the... I didn't go in the car park. I went uh, up to um, Barnsley, which is the, the little town, little village. And there's a there's like a field there. And so I pulled my car in and I was playing with my camera and I was outside the car looking at the, looking at the camera. And I could see in the distance what just looked like a curtain, if you like, coming closer and closer and closer. And I was like, wow, is that rain? And I, I could see it and then I could smell it. You can They say you can smell a storm. Yeah. And I could smell it. It was getting stronger and stronger. All of the birds like roosted suddenly. And it got a bit like we had the other night. We got really windy all of a sudden before the rain came. Yes, Very windy. And no word of a lie, this car park was is probably 300 metres long. And I saw this wall of water start at one end of the car park. And it was like a vertical wall of water. And I got in my car literally just as it went over the, uh, the car. And it was like going through a car wash. It, was, it just started at the front, went past my car. Ten seconds, gone. Just yeah. gone. But it did go to the venue. And I wasn't there, of course. Oh, dear. But it, it did. Uh, it was caused all kinds of damage to the flower arrangements and all that kind of stuff. It was just like this, this wall of water just moving across the countryside. Wow, there we go. I love inclement weather. Love it. Yeah. Not knowing what it's going to do. Well, you're in the right country and obviously in, in Wellington. Wellington, yeah. No, they have it proper yeah. down there. Because it's very similar, actually, to the um, climate we have here, isn't it, Wellington? Yeah, I think I, so, yeah. I believe. Right then, let's do um, our club indulgence for this week. Are you reading at double speed? As, uh, no, I fell you? over on. I <laughs> fell off that horse last week. You've given, given up with that one. Um, go on, you go first. Go on. This is from Steve 068548. I hope that's not his telephone number. <laughs> I was lucky. It'll be dis- a very short number if it was, isn't it? <laughs> I was lucky to discover this in week two of the series. Oh right, it's, it's a regular weekly treat, informed and entertaining with fascinating guests. Well done. Do you remember your first telephone number you ha- ever had? I do. Go on. Eight five four five four nine. That's quite long. Eight five four five four nine. Where was it? What town? Newport. Newport. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. We had 2671. No, 671 we had. I remember that's our earlier one. Very, you, very small it, town. Did you have to go through a uh, operator? No, I don't remember it being like that. <laughs> um, this one is from Erebo. Uh, the best photography podcast around. Have you listened to a photography podcast and got sent to sleep with a monotonous voice, lack of punch, no humour, no banter, total obsession on gear and many important, self-important speakers? You won't find that here. Instead, you get two incredibly talented. Do you know, flattery gets you everywhere, Erebo. Talented, but also incredible, humble and humane... I know you won't like this now. Kev, do you want to cover your ears? Togs, who love to share their passion without any ulterior motive other than create a sound community. I've listened to every single episode and my learning journey as a fairly new photographer has been fantastic. There we are. Thank you, Erebo, for your very kind words. Go on. Have you got another one there? Yeah, I've you got the same out. one. I know no, you've got it's the same there. ones from last week. No, surely yes. not. Don't uh, you cross them out? Yeah, but I have, and I've got them twice. Oh, have I done that to you? Yeah. Sorry. This is from Asen Avelikchov. Right. In Finland. Right. Great show. Perfect mix of <laughs> useful information about gear and photography in general. Interesting interviews with great photographers. Lots of good humour and inspiration. Kevin and Neil are the best. Looking forward to hearing the new episode each Monday morning. Each Monday morning. Well, thank you, Asen. Uh, remember, if, uh, if you sent in one of these, uh, you are incredible and. You're our favourite listener, and we mean it. Right, time for this week's interview. 
Kev mentioned Kant Rathard's self-published black and white current retrospective, if you will, of our time a couple of weeks back. The Isolated Streets, which is available through his website, it's not what you see dot photography. It's a look at the uh, the lockdown period through words and street photography, which reflect the sentiments of isolation and social distancing. Um, Kant designed, he wrote, he photographed the project, and then he self-published the book. So this is a chance to hear more about the project from the creator. Kant, I know you're an exceptionally talented graphic designer um, as well. Is, is your creative mind so very different between being a designer and being a photographer? Is that this sort of crossover in style? I think there's a bit of a crossover because um, I've been in the graphic design business probably about 25 years plus. Right. (laughs) And um, in that time, I did do a lot of uh, art direction with with photographers, um, you know, in the sort of late, 80s early 90s so were you always a i'll be careful how i say this a frustrated photographer at large or i think there was a bit of <laughs> photography in me right yeah. from the start i think because right. i had a, I'm a uh, i think a lot of graphic designers are very visual yes. so photography for me it was all about sort of composition when i was commissioning photographers and you know in those days i'm sure you're aware you do polaroids of certain mm. shots Mm. And then you'd say, okay, that's brilliant. Let's let's go for it. And then you know, we should sort of roll a film. So, in many, in many respects, you've had a, a good, solid photographic education working with photographers, haven't you? Even uh, though, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I used to love working with photographers. I mean, you know, we just were we spoke from the same page. And uh, I mean, I used to just get excited getting out of the office and going to the photographer studio and just hanging out there all day. Yeah, I and, bet. Uh, you know getting uh, getting the shots uh, you know we wanted well, let's talk about your photography a self-taught street and urban photographer although as, as now we've identified um with the advantage of having worked with so many great photographers in your design work but i'm intrigued by your, your influences um, i'm supposing that you quote elliot Erwitt in the closing pages of your book um yes, yes. i find that photography has very little to do with the things you see and everything to do with the way you see them i'm imagining he's certainly one of your leading inspirations uh, yes, but I think it has to be uh, Henry Cartier-Bresson, I think, yeah. for me, for street photography. It's, it's just him because I think his sort of work came to my light quite early on and I just liked his sort of style of you know looking at things slightly differently and how geometry played a part in a lot of compositions as well. And um, the other one is a completely different one, is Ansel Adams. Because, yeah, very. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't really do landscape, but... I just like the beauty in his work of you know the amazing tones you get across his his uh, you know vast landscapes. Well, I think the tone the tones are very much um, played out in the work that that you photograph. And we'll we'll come to that. Are there any more recent photographers, perhaps within the the Insta sphere, that uh, have caught your eye? Uh, there's a few. Um, uh, there's like Mark Fernley. He's uh, follow his work. Uh, there's um, the Riley. He's another English photographer, mm-hmm. street photographer. So generally, those that work on on the Brit streets, or yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, generally. So, how, how long have you been actually photographing the street scene and and urban scene? Um, probably, I'd say around 2008. 2009 and, now, and what uh, were those those first experiences like a little bit uh, predominantly it was just shooting architectural work and then i started getting a bit more confident shooting you know having a person in the shot um, but at this time i was using um 
SLR cameras, mm. uh, funnily enough. I think 2011, uh, Fuji film came out with the X100. And I think that just started it for me, you know, properly for street photography, allowing a bit more freedom, I think, compared to the ergonomics of an SLR camera. But even prior to lockdown, people appear. People do appear in your photographs, and you mentioned that you got slightly more confident bringing them in as well. But they, yeah. they don't. They don't necessarily dominate in your pictures, do they? No, I like to be. I'm a big lover of sort of structure and the built environment. And my ideal uh, sort of style of street is to come, try and combine vast structures or interesting structures with a person in the shot. I try and keep it quite solitary. So there's always maybe just one or two persons in the shot. I'm quite a sort of introverted person. So I try and keep the shots very sort of introverted in terms of just having single people in each shot. A lot, a lot of people I've spoken to, a lot of street photographers talk about this um, uh, this introverted character that they yeah. that they have mm-hmm. um, and that how photographer, photography plays a very important role really in in taking them out and giving them confidence behind a camera it sounds like it's a similar story for you yeah i think sometimes uh, you go out and you're thinking i'm not in the mood but then suddenly you're just walking the streets and yeah. something magical happens i don't know i think it's a, one of those questions you always ask i always ask myself you know how the hell did i achieve that shot when you weren't even that motivated to go out that day what, what's a good day then of um I, I spoke with sean tucker about this the youtuber who um yeah. who, who has his own particular style for street photography and some of the shadow play actually that I, I look at the both both of your work and, and there's some similarity there and mm-hmm. but but he says that you know sometimes he can wander for hours maybe even days yeah. and not come back with anything uh, yeah i'm the same really i do rely on when i'm doing a shadow play quite like the strong contrasty light and, and shadows i think I've, I've done a lot of those shots during the first part of the day and also I, I think i can only tolerate about two hours of solid photography and then i think it's uh down the pub i think after that uh, <laughs> well, at least you're, you're honest yes i am honest. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about this strong shadow play goodness there's so much of that in your work very very definitive directions in in, you know to where my eye should be led in in your work as well strong lines very strong lines how do you describe your work i try to do something which i have a view towards what it would look like printed i think personally photography should be appreciated in print i just instagram's fine you know the digital sphere is fine but to get a real connection with imagery, I think you have to see a physical print. That, that's um, very interesting. So when when you shoot, you're thinking print. Yes, and I'm oh, thinking okay. black and white as well. So I don't actually shoot in black and white. I shoot raw, but I don't have the settings in black and white. I just shoot, you know, in RGB mode, and then then I think I think that will work really good in black and white. Uh, and then sort of take it forward from there. So the isolated streets, your your new book, self published yes. book. Yes. Um, yeah. I want to get to the nitty gritty of, of self publishing because it's some. Is, is, there are two words we use mm-hmm. um, quite a lot on on this show. When when did the book actually get released? Well, I came up with the idea just as lockdown started. Yeah, and I'm thinking, okay, I haven't got much work, and I've got to make use of my time <laughs> so i just came up with this idea of isolation and i think a lot in the media the words 
you know, social distancing was coming up and, yeah. you know, isolation and lockdown. I mean, I'd already had my images in my archive, so I thought I could come up with an idea to, you know, write a little bit about this period. It's quite a historic period now. Mm-hmm. Just have some views about how we used to interact with people and will we carry on interacting the, the way we normally do after this period's over. And I think that's what was what sort of motivated me to sort of produce the book. That's interesting because um, knowing now that many of the, the, the pictures when you're in your archive anyway, I mean, I could tell that with some of the ones where there's more people and obviously there's no social yeah. distancing going on at all. But some of them, they do look like the scenes that we've had the last four or five months of pretty much isolation with the odd person walking around here and there. I mean, yeah, it, it yeah. fitted very well, didn't it? I'm very pleased with it. It was only a sort of pet project but now it's getting you know a lot of good uh, interest from people people who've sort of uh, bought it there's very very positive about it i think what i want to do now is to maybe start working on a series of other projects which i'm got a, a few stacking up now because i've got a design background i'll pretty i'll design the book physically mm. and then obviously get it printed and then planning to have a a website which will eventually sell all the different books. So take me through the self-publishing and the, and the design part of it, because that, that fascinates me. Um, so you've got, you've got your background anyway in design, so that, yeah. that's a big tick in the box of skill set, isn't it, really? Yeah, yes, very much so. Um, you designed it in what? Is it? Oh, in, uh, in design. In InDesign, uh, okay. Yeah, all right. it's a part of the Adobe, Adobe suite. And then pushing that through to uh, becoming a self-published uh, project, um, are we talking large runs of books or on demand? At the moment, the first, the batch which you've got and Kevin got, I did a, a small run, something, you know, which was affordable. And it was a more of a exercise in testing the water. I think what I might do is to, uh, do another batch of that book quite soon, potentially sell on Amazon as, as a short-term plan. So how does that work then with, with uh, selling it through Amazon? You have to get an um, ISBN number for the book. There's a free service, uh, which basically means you can sell up to 35 copies a month and there's no extra charge, but they do take a small percentage off, off mm. each sale. That's a good place to have it as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the readership is immense, so, yeah, yeah. so it, it could be, a, could be a, good, a good way to go. And the, the text that you have in there, um, there's not too much of it. You've, it's, it's sporadic. It's, it's within the book here and there, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming now, knowing that a lot of the pictures are from the archive, you, you were writing according to the pictures you'd laid out within the design? Uh, that's right, yes. So I wanted to try and have about, you know, seven or eight passages in the book and then each uh, passage would be illustrated by images which I thought would, were fitting for that small passage and that's how I structured it I mean originally I the first sort of draft of the book there was images on both sides and I had no text and then I started thinking this isn't working <laughs> so I started just putting one image on each page just to give it a bit more breathing space and then I started scribbling with words and thinking how you know how how I could write something about certain situations which which are reflective of the topic. And, and how have you yourself felt during this period? I mean, the, the book's about isolated streets. Yeah. You talk a bit about your own feelings about isolation. doesn't sound like it's been the easiest time. Well, I know it's not been the easiest time for anybody, but uh, I know particularly for photographers who like being out on the street. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. Then, then, it, then it's been challenging. How, how have you coped with this period? I'm surprisingly... Uh, 
coped reasonably well. Uh, obviously, I couldn't see family. Uh, my, my parents live in a different part of the UK. I didn't see them for about uh, three or four months. But uh, because I spent a lot of time by myself, it's almost like it wasn't a major thing for me, really. So you talked about follow-ups. <laughs> Maybe the first follow-up is <laughs> not so isolated streets. <laughs> because where, where you were based in London... Um, there are parts of it that, that doesn't seem like there's a, a lot of um, isolation happening at all um, and everything's sort of come out again as it was before, it, just in parts from, from my own observations. Yeah. What, what about your own follow-ups? What, what's, what's, what's planned next? I mean, this has been a tremendously successful project, hasn't it? So you must be thinking, well, that worked well, Kant. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> next one um, is what? I would love to do an exhibition based on this project in the future because I think the image is be better appreciated printed even larger i think because uh because obviously in my graphic design profession a lot of the work i produce is printed the sort of detail and the perfection is quite important for me and um, how on earth are you going to choose though i mean there are there feel like there are hundreds of pictures in there (laughs) i think um I'd, i'd choose i think i could quite confidently choose um about sort of 15 i'd be happy with i think to produce a bigger size oh can't my goodness i'd be going for more immediately <laughs> I'm, I'm flicking through here thinking that's an impossible task good luck with that one <laughs> but uh, do, do you have any particular images for you that say everything about isolation within within the book there's one for me uh, from the I, I i know it seems to be a favorite haunt of yours um mm. it's a very popular haunt for photographers the national theater yeah. But there's one very lonesome, isolated picture of somebody surrounded by this just incredible structure that is the National Theatre. I oh, wonder yeah, if, there, yeah. if there's any for you that particularly stand out. Do you think that, for me, means isolation? Um, I think that's that's one of my favourites. The woman on the um, National Theatre going up the, uh, uh, up the, the steps. steps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks to Kant Rutherd, and you can see some of the images and learn more about the book on it's not what you see dot photography. Right, back to your questions. And oh, by the way, a quick mention that uh, your questions are the lifeblood of the show, so send them in. I, I constantly forget to get, do the email address. So there's two ways to send them in either by email to click at fujicast.co.uk. That's click at fujicast.co.uk or through the private Fujicast Facebook group, which you're very welcome to join. And that has a post pinned to the top, so you can leave questions on anything tech for Fujifilm stuff, but then anything at all, really, in terms of your own thoughts and your own business or just being a photographer. You you can get quite personal, too, if it helps you understand how how we as photographers are dealing with, uh, with a time that, well, for some genres, frankly, still feels like lockdown. So... So, yes, send those in. Click at fujicast.co.uk or indeed through the Facebook group. So, yes, back to your questions. Here's one from Adam B. in Staffordshire. Dear both, thank you very much for keeping me uh, sane since uh, since March. Well, no, I, I, you're still sane, are you? <laughs> your humour coupled with serious and thought-provoking interviews have in all serious, seriousness been a real light at these times. Thanks to your guidance in the past, I'm now a very happy owner of the F2 Fuji Primes and the 23 and 50. Um, I'm amazed at how light, well-built, and sharp they are. My good question... Choice. Yeah, good choice. My, uh, my, Do you have... What, what is your current... What is your current sp- sported bag of, of glass? 
Uh, I would mostly shoot if I was shooting a wedding today and I could only take two lenses it'd be 2314 56 yeah. 1.2 well, yeah, same for him but yeah, I do yeah. have those F2 lenses the ice the 50mm in particular um, F2 mm. that's one I I did for a while dump the 56 because mm. I thought oh, I think I could I think this is a focal length I could uh, I could learn to live with here not that much less you know a 50 it's- to a 56 but surprisingly it is actually yeah, it, it it is on an APS-C system. You notice it more than you would that like, six mil difference on a full frame. But for me, it's that extra stop of light. Yeah. I just need that mostly. Yeah. Well, that's so beautiful. That that F two fifty is just stunning. Neil, I know. Oh yes, I'm going to ask. I'm going around in circles. He says between a PC laptop and an Apple laptop. <gasps> da, da, da. <laughs> Neil, I know you're a Mac, and Kevin, you use high-powered PC. I've read a lot of contradictory advice. Thanks, Internet, in brackets. Mm. I would like to know your thoughts where, where you think you'll go in the future. What do you consider to be the pros and cons with each for imaging and post-processing? And uh, what do you think are the most important considerations for choosing? Can I dive in here straight away go. with my my constant battle I have in my mind about whether I should be using Mac or PC? Personally... I um I'm a I'm still a huge fan of iMac. And sometimes I wonder if it's just because I like really simple features like the AirDrop mm. which I which you can't do which, easily on Windows. No. At all. And and it's a and I I with the Photography Daily show I I do a lot of audio now using the uh using my iPhone. And I, I like to just quickly be able to transfer stuff across. Now, that could be lazy, of course, because there has to be other ways of quickly doing that. Is there, is there no? No, I mean... There's no... Because I've not had to face this as a PC user. I'm a Mac user. I've never had to find a workaround. There's, is there, no, is there no workaround? I mean, I've never used AirDrop, so I don't really know what it is, but I've seen people talk about right. it. I know what, how you use yeah, it. You just, you just click up, and there you see, you yeah. see all your available um, Mac Mm. machines there and it's just so so e- easy to use you can do similar things throwing but stuff around quickly i want that to go to that machine i want that to go to my editing machine pop 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 done it's um excuse me it's not <laughs> am i talking about mac no, is no, that no, what no, you want you can cut that bit I that was just, that was a no, that was a real norm not a, uh, your, um, i'm gonna keep that in just to show how mean you are <laughs> you can do similar things on windows but it's not i but don't it's think it's same, as, it? as no, clear cut no, yeah no, it's not no, so no, native no. yeah um, um, well, I mean that that I I love. I suppose a, a lot of my uh, reticence to leave the the Mac Empire is to do with just so just feels so easy to use. And and when I use my son's uh, PC, it's just a bit clunky. But you don't find this? No. But then I suppose I when I did the on the like, very rare occasions I have used Macs, I find them ridiculously clunky. So it's because of what we're both used yeah, to. That's it's true, not yeah. a neither one. I don't think is. Um, what is this thing about them slowing down as well after time? You've got. I'm sorry. You've in your um, bag of tricks that you brought in today because I know you brought to do some stuff with. You've got a new. Is that Adele in there? Not Adele, as in the pop singer. <laughs> Hello, Adele. Come out now. <laughs> I'm 28. <laughs> Hello. Um, but you you brought Adele with you. That's nice. You you hang out in great circles. Uh, you're, you've got Adele. I have um, Adele laptop in yeah. there, but which you've, I don't think I've ever seen you use Adele. No. So you've always sort of had these really 
uh, high fandango units made well the thing the first thing that we'll talk about that in a sec but you you mentioned you know this thing about pc slowing down and ultimately that comes down to the hardware it's not the software so much and not these days in the old days like windows 95 and everything and and the, it wasn't windows that would slow things down it was the amount of bloatware and junk software that people would click on everything and download everything bloatware bloatware stuff you get with computers that mm. just come out of the box like oh, things okay. like norton antivirus and stuff right um and you know these days windows 10 is clean it's fresh it looks after itself. You don't need antivirus stuff. You don't need any of that stuff. It's all built in. And it's just good. But you do need to have a, you know, reasonable PC. You know, you you can't expect it to, to not slow down on a on a machine that's like eight years old kind of thing. Because no. uh, it will. Because as the disks start to, you know, these days, most computers, most uh, Apple computers also use SSDs, solid-state drives, and the NVMe drives as well. So you're not going to get what's known as disk defragmentation right. so much. But I haven't noticed that with, with my... Uh, I've, I've used various laptops, a 13, a 15, MacBook Pros these are. Yeah. I've never noticed them get ridiculously slow. I, I think they are slower than the day I bought them. But I've never... I honestly can say I've never had a PC that's got slow mm. because I know how to use it, you know? And, yeah. and that's ultimately it. And I don't download you know left right and center and stuff like that when my sage system was only available which i it may still be i don't know uh, i don't use it anymore but on on um on windows i i bought one for the bookkeeper to mm. use um but i think i spent the minimum amount i could possibly spend on it mm. what 200 and something pounds from curries and then within six months it was just a piece of nonsense yeah i mean that that's just not not the way it is these days but anyway it doesn't it doesn't really matter i mean ultimately you will get far more bang for your buck with yes. a pc regardless yeah, doubt, regardless yeah. but yeah. ultimately if you want if you prefer mac system then that makes sense it's like the jpeg plus raw thing isn't it i mean i have this this dell system now i've been using as my laptop i've been using a surface book 2016 surface book for uh, for a while yeah you, uh, you swear by that you yeah no, it. it was great I, I yeah it was great there was nothing wrong with it whatsoever uh most of my editing of course is done in the studio which confuses things because this thing is called a studio book so when i say my studio that's my big computer in the office mm. uh, but the studio book is a laptop uh a nice laptop 2016 you know what i've noticed during the lockdown of course is that i'm I, i'm not using it at all because i've brought my computer home Oh, I did bring my computer home. It's mm. now back in the studio. And mm. um, with no... But you're you know, still at home, mate. <laughs> where no weddings on the horizon. Yeah, so so what I actually have done is I've I've effectively swapped that in for that Dell. Um, oh, and more right. power, much more powerful What are you going to do with the other laptop. one? Then? I don't know. Anybody want to buy it? Email me if you want to buy my Surface Book. But it's a perfectly good Surface Book. It is, You yeah. swear by that thing, usually. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's fine. It's perfect. But if I had spare cash, I'd buy it of you. But I want... Can you lend it to me and I'll, I'll lose it in that <laughs> yeah, like Bermuda yeah, Triangle yeah, of where yeah, your yeah. 35mm has gone? Um, <laughs> no, so this Dell system... If you want to buy one of those, then contact Kev. <laughs> He's got it. Uh, have it before I borrow it. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> it is for sale. My studio, my Microsoft <laughs> Surface Book is for sale. I never thought I'd see the day where that would go. Yeah, it's going. Wow. Uh, well, it has to go because I need to need to feed the kids. But um, yeah, no. But the, the Windows PC thing, Mac. Honestly, it really has to come down. I couldn't use a Mac. I remember when Microsoft gave me one when I worked at Microsoft. They said I was the only person at Microsoft support. They said I wasn't the only one there, but I was the only one they gave a Mac to yeah. 
because I supported things like Flight Sim, which had Mac versions. All right. Uh, it's like, I'll right, bet your colleagues looked at you strangely. There's a, there's a, a I had this suddenly woke up one morning, came to work one day, and there was this white thing glinting in the corner. And I was like, what's that? you know this great big smiley face on it and then uh, i got a call and this this it was um microsoft works for for um microsoft works as a software package and that was available on mac as well it was about 20 minutes into this call and i was like i have no idea what you're talking about are you sure you're not using word perfect or something <laughs> she was like no no it says microsoft i even made to get the box out and i said read me what it says on the front of the box she said microsoft works for apple macintosh <laughs> I was like, oh, no wonder I have no idea what you're on about then. Hang on, I said, I've got one of them. I turned around and I just looked at it and I was like, I don't even know. And I said to her, do you know how to turn these things on? She said, yeah, the, the on button is on the top right-hand side of the keyboard. So you didn't even know how to turn it on. I pressed this Kev. thing and it's like this spring thing and it went, right. that's how I used to turn them on. And I was. Did you I, have to make the noise when you did it? <laughs> I was quite excited by that. Though. This yeah. seems like a very sensible place to have an on button rather yeah. than behind the computer down by the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was my love affair was entirely over at that point. That was it, was it? I had no idea what to right. do. You never get the idea of floating <laughs> windows, do you? Floating window. Oh, no, I don't understand why you don't maximise things. Yeah, so now we're looking at your audition. Yeah. Why don't you just make that full screen? No, because you like to see things behind it. Yeah, but you can do that anyway. You can just go down in the corner and and peek at the desktop, surely. No. Well, maybe, but I like... I like. <laughs> uh, maybe, but this one goes up to 11. It gives me heebie-jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So what, what did he say here? I've, 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 I've read a lot of contradictory things. Would like to know your thoughts on where, where you'll go in the future. Well, I've got to be honest, Adam. I think where I'm going to go in the future is probably to PC because um, these machines now, uh, the Mac versions, are getting so horrendously expensive. And, um, yeah, I, th I think I'll have to head there at some stage. I really will. I think Mac Apple as a company were, were going down a bad route when they were staying proprietary. That's, why, that's what did for IBM in the end, you know, enforcing people to only buy Apple peripherals, Apple memory, Apple this, Apple that. And I think they've relaxed a little bit on that now. I think you can get third-party memory modules and things. But if they'd stayed that way, that, I think that would have done for them. Mm, do you, you think know? so? Yeah, because it's exactly what happened to IBM, wasn't it? Yeah. But, they, you know, they, they do look ace. And, you know, your screen here in front of me, you know, if you're into crayons and drawing, looks lovely. <laughs> oh, you're so rude about Matt. You really are. He said, on a separate, so you're, I mean, I know where you stand with this. Just get yourself a PC, save a shed load of cash. and, and um, But saying that, even if Macs were the same price as PCs, I probably, I would, let's just say Macs were suddenly 20% cheaper. Mm. I would find it really difficult to switch because I, I just yeah. don't understand the operating system. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I do understand it. I love it, but it comes down to, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to really, isn't it? Yeah. On a separate note, he says, I'd like to thank Kev for his advert for Ginster's sausage rolls a couple of weeks ago mm. when he was demonstrating speaking distances from the microphone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his voice must have resonated somewhere with me when I found myself throwing three of the delectable delights into my shopping basket this week. <laughs> Kev, maybe this could be a new income stream, the new voice of Ginster's. Oh, I could do it really fast. Go on then. Ginsters. 
<laughs> but I have to ask, he says, how is the plant-based diet going? Well, obviously very well. You're still on it, aren't you? Good, yeah. October, yeah. I, 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 um, I've I, definitely fallen off the wagon a little bit when it came to cheese during yeah. lockdown. But other than that, I've not had any any um, any things that had a heartbeat in it. I've not no. not eaten since October. Yep. That's very good. No, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed. Right, your question. My question is from Jonathan Crilly. And he says, hi, Kevin. Hi, Neil. Uh, just following up on my Facebook post uh, where there was a story on the BBC website suggesting there will be weddings every day in 2021. Uh, it, <laughs> Blimey! Is, really? there, is there a risk of a race to the bottom where professionals like yourself find yourself competing with people whose primary source of income is not photography very good point and who are offering a cheap package particularly if weddings are small how do you both then get the message across to potential clients that they are better investing in their wedding photography than going down the route of a cheap package mm. it's all very much down to Jonathan what, what people feel they can afford at the moment mm. I, I find yeah I agree totally I mean at the end of the day you know, let's face it. If if for the if for the whole of 2021, and let's hope this isn't the case. But if it is that you can only have 30 people at a wedding, the days of 1,500 pound, 2,000 pounds, two and a half thousand pounds, 3,000 pound weddings in terms of photography are over. Simple as that. Do you think so? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's going to be so many people, so many people offering, you know, 30 uh, short coverage, short deals. 300 quid etc well i have gone um i've launched over the last um, week my short deal wedding Mm -hmm. um my two-hour wedding Mm -hmm. because i think there are plenty of people that won't want to have an eight to ten hour wedding exactly in in the next 10 months or 12 months exactly what i'm saying so So i will have to do it yeah precisely i'm just i'll have a good hourly rate but i'm i'm yeah i can't see myself being able to um, sell a stack load of 10-hour weddings like I once no. upon a time could. No, exactly, and I think that, that might be a problem. But, you know, who knows? Hopefully it will go away and we'll all be back. Do you think we'll get back to the days where wedding photographers used to do two weddings in a day? <laughs> could be, <laughs> If you're yeah. just doing two-hour packages, you know, you will start in one town at 11 o'clock in the morning, go and do another one at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, God. Can you imagine? I mean, that was properly you know 50s 60s 70s uh, 80s and into the early 90s and then do, no longer do a fake cut into the cake before what heading off that, to the yeah. next the next place oh, no. oh kev's your delight i'm, I'm sure you'd love oh, it I would, um, that's it i'm gonna be a <laughs> dustbin man uh right one more question then it's book oh, should we do a book first book. we do a book let's do book i've lived in east london for 86 and a half years but you don't look like it kev mm, i feel like it I'm now 1,100 years old. So this is the book that started Hoxton Mini Press, isn't it? Correct. That's why I recognised it. The moment I saw that cover, I thought, oh, I remember that story. So this is back in 2013, this was published, um, and the photographs are by Martin Osborne. Yeah. Uh, many of you will have bought books, seen Hoxton Mini Press, and Martin is the, the founder of that, him and his wife. And the do, you know, re- do you know any of the backstory of, of only from what I've read in this this book? Right, and which really interesting the introduction to this book. So I'll read you the first paragraph. Okay, okay. summer two thousand and seven, midday. I looked out of my window of my East London photographic studio, and there he was, shuffling slowly into Hoxton Square, plastic bag in hand, an oversized blazer slipping off his shoulders, and chatting <laughs> to various neon-clad youth laughing in the sun Uh he was so at odds with the crowd that i assumed he was lost or homeless or possibly a little mad surely that must be alcohol in the bag 
I rushed downstairs, camera in hand, in the hope I might take his portrait and enter the image into a competition. Oh my word, that's how this whole thing started. Yeah, so it's incredible. Martin Osborne, then uh, the, the 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 guy he's talking about is um, a gentleman who's who's passed now, who's died now, sadly, uh, Joseph Markovich. I'm sure that's right. And uh, East London native, and uh, so uh, Martin basically just started photographing him. And that's where this book, that then became a, a documentary of that um, gentleman's life. That became a book or it became a series of images, which then became Hoxton Mini Press's first publication. Wow. And so Hoxton Mini Press is beautiful they they often remind me. Some of them are larger, some of them are smaller. But this I was going to say they're all, all that size because this is uh, what would this be? A this is a five, a five. Yeah, right? it yeah. reminds me of the Ladybird the Bird books. books. Yeah, hardback. <laughs> yeah, um, it's beautiful. Really small. You know, you fit it in your handbag, man bag, whatever you want to call it. Um, and there's so many good books on Hoxton Mini Press, like so many. Um, but this, I really like this one because this is book one of the of the series and they've gone on to do some amazing stuff how many books are there do you know oh i, I don't know but lots, lots. I mean, dozens I, dozens and dozens i must have 15 of them really yeah wow. okay. and you haven't got by by any means the whole collection no 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 no, absolutely not and um and so i backed hoxton mini press during the lockdown obviously they sell a lot of their books in east london in the bookstores and uh the bookstores were shut so they did a kickstarter campaign and one of the, the campaigns was to you know give us some money and we'll give you 10 books mm. and so this is one of the books i chose and there's a lovely print on the back uh joseph markovich aged 16 1943 uh born first of the first 1927 died 26th of the 12th 2013 mm. um but it's lovely the picture so um there's a lot of quotes from i was gonna joseph. say there's a, quite a lot of text in here yeah, so um, it's a book without page without page numbers, but I've just flipped halfway through, and it's just a lovely little portrait. And it says, On Aliens. They say there is more than one sun, so space must go on forever. They are probably creatures out there. They are probably on their way now. But it could be months and months before they arrive. They could be monsters with three heads. They could be human computers in space that could be watching you right now. Or they could be small pathogen called Corona. On syphilis. Oh, right, okay. There was a film... He had something to say about this. There was a film about a man who found a cure for syphilis. All right. Dr. Elrich, he found a magic bullet to cure it. They called the film Dr. Elrich's Magic Bullet. Right. It's a pretty good film. (laughs) (laughs) I'll read out one more, right? Um, Apologies if the kids are listening in the car. <laughs> uh, At least you're not on the school run for another week. I'm going to try and That would have been a difficult one to... That's a little less... Mummy, can you turn... <laughs> on globalisation. Yes. In modern times, we all, go to, we all got to keep together. Yes. If America was to drop like a stone, then England would drop like a stone. Right. Think about England. England ain't got no coffee in the ground. She ain't got no tobacco growing. If England had everything in the ground, would we have visited anywhere else? No. If we had our own tea, we wouldn't inv- have invaded India. But then again, if we had everything, we would probably have invaded ourselves. Oh, well, <laughs> if I went to the jungle and I was very clever, I would be a missionary and be a person that helps others. But I'm not in a jungle, so I'll go to the library instead. Do you know that's almost T-shirt worthy, uh, worthy isn't it? 
But it's, I'm not in the jungle, so I'll go to the Yeah, I'll go to the library. Instead. It's such a beautiful book. Let's, uh, and the, but there's plenty of portraits of him in there as well, aren't there? I mean, there there's obviously his, his quotes. They're mostly portraits yeah. of him, but there's, for example, there's a picture here. I like the here. simple ones, like his hand holding something. Yeah, so he was a, a TV repairman and things like that. And oh, right. there's a picture of him here look, looking right. at the Olympic Stadium. Oh, my word. Full-width page. Yeah. Looking at the Olympic Stadium. a very stadium. lonely picture, isn't it? Yeah, but it's when you look at the quote on the Olympics... We used to have cabinet makers and tailors and music halls. Now we have a big stadium. I'm not sure about it. <laughs> and he does look like he's not sure about it as well yeah. as he stands, stands. Do you know, he reminds me an awful lot, and we've talked about this chap before, called Terry, who walks past my drive. Most mornings I, I catch him. I assume he does it every single day. And for a while when I was being good at actually running each day, um, if I went out at six o'clock, I would see him on my return journey back from the town. Just always roughly the same same place. And he carries, we call him the co-op man. Hmm. We called him for a long, long time the co-op man because he wore the same thing every day. He wore his high-vis council um, jacket hmm. and an Arsenal um, hat and uh, always holding a light blue co-op bag stuffed with i don't know what was ever in the co-op bag mm. and one day i had to stop him and i said hello i i see you walking along here every day and the, uh, the way i started to talk with him was because arsenal had, had another one of their losses <laughs> the night before i said shame about the arsenal last night he he opened up and he talked about it he said yeah yeah and i said what what's your name he said it's terry turns out he's the he's terry is the guy that cleans the loose every single day Oh, the, uh, public the public lose mm. in in my local town here mm. every single day. That's all. It's what he's been doing for years and years. And he wanders from his house with his co-op bag full of I'm, I'm guessing now cleaning stuff. Yeah, gets there, does what he needs to do there, and he walks back. And then later on in the afternoon, you see Terry do exactly the same. Mm. And I'm and and even during the pandemic, when the loos were closed. Terry walked to the loose mm. and then back again. And and he reminds me of this chap that he must have an incredible story. I've just not been brave enough to ask him. I oh, know. It's And that's what this chap did. What would you if you were in a TV show, what would you like to be in? If your real life well, if like you had to left field. put okay. yourself in a TV show. Really? I know I'd like to be, but 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 your life would the the character their life, that's what you'd live. Oh, I see. I want to be. Uh, there is, there's a reason. Go on, then. It. Tell me. I'm a bit lost with this one. I want to be compo in Last of the Summer Wine. <laughs> I think I'd be good at being compo in Last of the Summer Wine. Just Actually, wandering he was, he around was, the countryside. Yeah, it was not he, a lot. Do going you know on. what? He's, he's laconic, but he'd come out with some of those expressions. Absolutely. Yeah, compo. That's me. Gemma if you live that. in America or Australia, um, or any of our European towns and um, um, countries that listen to us, look up compo, last of the summer yes. wine. C-O-M-P-O, wasn't That's it? That's my compo. ambition in life, to be compo to be last compo'd. of the summer wine, yeah. Um, Why was he called not compo? A, well, I don't know. Must be something to do with his name. Maybe, well, he, maybe it was compost. <laughs> I was wondering, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to have the lonely life, but I do find that very 
the melancholic way of life is quite... That would suit you, would it? Yeah, I think so. You'd be all right. Yeah, I think yeah. I'd be all right in that. All right. Yeah. Right, one last question. Molly Hewitt from Facebook. By the way, if you've been sending any questions um, by uh, by email, which are so important to click at fujicast.co.uk, you can also leave um, short questions right at the top. We've um, we popped it right at the top of the Facebook group. You can leave your questions there as well. Molly Hewitt did just that. What focus and AFC settings? I know we, we do a lot of focus and AFC settings, but uh, as I say, um, I'm, I'm sure you don't listen to every single episode, so you may have missed the answer. What focus and AFC AFC settings do you find work best for focusing on quickly moving subjects, i.e. grandchildren? I'm curious if you use uh, back button focus during focus peaking in manual focus or autofocus. Go on, Kev, this has got you written all over it, this answer. Well, I would for... It depends on how fast the grandkids are, of course, but mm. let's assume they're pretty... pretty. They sound like... Wickedly rapid. Rockets. Yeah, I think I'd probably just use AFC, continuous focus. Oh, on there goes a the grandchild. They're off. Uh, look at the mess they left behind them. <laughs> look at that. Stuff everywhere. I know. Don't even flush the loo. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'd use AFC and I wouldn't use the zone focusing option in the camera. Right. Because I, I just don't really get on with that. It can right. work. Uh, continuous focus, tracking myself. Uh, so whip the camera into manual focus mode, use AFC. And that's really the way I do it. There, are, You can use the uh, effectively AF on type stuff now in the in the newer cameras so you can activate continuous focus by back button focus i'm old school so i just put it into manual focus mode and do it that way though and away you go back button focusing focusing thank you for your question and that's it for for this week if you've uh, liked this or any of the week's shows um well if and if you can if you feel it's relevant we'd love you to leave a review some apps have it some apps don't and a particular Apple podcast does, and it makes a real difference to know you there because we do read every single one. Honest. If you can share the episode on Twitter or on Facebook, you are a star, and let us know where you're sharing because we'd like to give those platforms a shout-out too, as the youth say. See you in the Facebook group for any questions you may have about today's show. Play nice, of course. Our mods that we didn't mention in the last couple of weeks, we should do, really, Steve. We'll see about the question today. Oh, Steve did, didn't he, oh, Steve? No. It was last week. Oh, was that last week? <laughs> oh, well, these weeks go so fast, who knows? And Peter Kasbergen. Well, they're in there with their uh, with their shiny FIFA referee whistles at standby. Send your questions um, to click at fujicast.co.uk. Music from Blue Wednesday. We're supporting music from the incredible artlist.io. And this week's book, of course, was... What was it called again? Have you got the, the title? Uh, it was called... Hoxton Mini Press. Uh, Hoxton Mini Press. I've lived in East London for 86 and a half years. And it was incredible the one, one that started the whole thing. I suppose, really, I mean, the, the lovely story about this is that this started for him an entire business, didn't it, really? Yeah. Just by looking out of a window and thinking, I wonder what... One final quote from him. Go on. For about 20 years, I made suitcases. My forearm was a... <laughs> Apart from that, it was okay. But if I was less heavy, you know what I'd like to be? I'd like to be a ballet dancer. That would be my dream. Oh, well. I'll leave you with that thought. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The FujiCast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.